Bolton. He can do anything, this man, Shay Bolton. Drives it to McIntosh. He's going to play on. And the Tigers are within a kick at the G. What a cracking game. What a cracking game. And, you know, both of these teams have got a lot of young players in them. Two Hawthorne wingmen are ready to go back and support. They've been squared up by their Richmond counterparts. This is where the 666 looks great out of centre bounce. Hunt Road in is lit. The Tigers have kicked the last five of the match. The only four of the turn. The Hawks drive it forward. Bruce tapped away from him. Massive moments in the game. Baker been huge all day. Again, they lift down the punt road in. Spoiled away from Ross. Steps a man. Dishes it off. Baker drives it forward. Day, Sicily, comes to ground. Shea Bolton whips it out. Coulthard, the debutant. Graham, high ball. Rebound sets himself. Soldo comes from the back of the pack. Pulls to ground. Nearly, 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 but not quite. The big eye, Soldo. The Hawks. They need the boundary line. They want the boundary line. Coulthard to Martin again. Fisted from Day. Comes to Baker. Baker to put the Tigers in front. The Tigers hit the lead. Incredible. The kick six in a row. A minute and three on the clock. Into it. Welcome to the Love Sport Podcast. It's Paul and John, and it's been too long. That almost rhymed. How are we, mate? Mate, I'm absolutely fabulous, thank you. And um, I must say that I really appreciate you asking. And... Mm-hmm. I would like to ask if you are well as well. I am getting there. Uh, it's things like the pod, things like the podcast, mate, that, that keep me going and keep me happy, mate. So um, we're very blessed to be in this world, and I think people need to remember that. And that's that's the end of my sermon. Truly, <laughs> end of my sermon, mate. But on, uh, mate. look, so much going on in the world of sport. We've had an American absolutely thump at Harmon in the British Open. Um, just absolutely killed it. it. Led by six shots going into the final round. And uh, you've got to be pretty nervous, I reckon, if you're leading by that much. Because you're either... You're on a hiding to nothing. You're either got it won, or if you choke, it's Greg Norman-esque. It's been done before. I think the problem with the choking part comes when you've still got, you know, maybe two or three holes to go. And maybe you're only up now by two or three. Yeah, yeah. And all the pressure's on you. Um, and it's a bit like cricket. The runs on the board are a massive thing. So, well done to him. Yeah, yeah well done. And, and I just love the British Open. I love those deep bunkers. I love the fact that you're not rewarded for playing a terrible shot. Like, yeah. I don't watch as much golf as I used to, but my old man watches it, you know, religiously now. I don't want to use that word religiously, but watches it all the time, every week. And yeah. you'll see those shots that are poor, you know, they're 10 metres, 12 metres off the fairway. And the guys these days, they just... They play it like it's on the fairway. So yeah. I love the British Open. I love the conditions, everything like that. But um, Brilliant. yeah, 100%. Mate, a big win for a small man because he's five foot seven. Um, left-handed. You know, left-handed. I think he's right-handed but plays left-handed. So, so many cool little cool little things uh, about that. But um, well My done. My son was happy. He saw it. He was excited. He was like, oh, great win for the left-handers. Obviously, he's left-handed. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's not, I don't think it's that rare. It's a bit like getting excited for somebody coming out. <laughs> These days, yeah, or, or, or not. Like, oh, I said, oh, really? You're coming out? My goodness. 
put us back on our on our heels. Yeah, we've known, we've known you since you were three, mate. I reckon uh, pretty much we, we guessed. We guessed a while back. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to those who do, it's, it's still a journey for them. So, you know, um, to, to each their own. Obviously, um, I'm being facetious, but I know uh, you know you what are. I mean. I know you are. But, mate, he's also sponsored by a brand. Seriously, I think it's the Mega Corporation. Now, how cool is that? The, the, the corporation had to have been founded as a piss take. I think it's yeah. a logistics company or something. But seriously, I think it's called Mega Corporation. It's like something out of a um, uh, Pixar movie. So anyway, well done. Well done. Um, but my dad was pretty excited because he can't stand Rory. He hates Rory. I, we, there's a whole heap of reasons for it. But every time Rory misses a shot, my dad dad almost contacts me to say, he's dropped another shot. <laughs> like, it's Rory's becoming... put himself in a, one of the, one of those positions. It kind of reminds me of like a Jason Day on steroids, where everybody loved him. It's like whatever it is that you become, it just it doesn't it doesn't float anymore, and people no. really aren't interested. And he was very vocal about live golf, wasn't he? Well, he was, and it, it's it's a difficult position for anyone who takes a position these days because no. you got to really think about the positions you take or how strongly you take them with anything in life because either something in your past or something in your future is going to come out, you know, um, and it's, you know. It I can't understand it. people having a position. I understood both sides of the discussion, but like watching multi-billionaires um, flagellate themselves about whether they were going to get paid an extra amount of money. But I think golfers getting paid all that money to talk about, you know, the relative you know, concerns about who may be or may not be sponsoring their competition when, you know, they're standing there covered in corporate branding of, of all sorts, all sorts and all kinds of questionable corporate branding where they're not doing a deep dive into the eth- efficacy or ethicalness of any of the companies that they're representing. Um, I can't honestly don't care. No, and I think, you know, I suppose he put himself in that in that in that situation that he they had a very strong stance. But I think it's how he went about it, saying he, he wouldn't play with these guys again, and you know, he used words like hate and everything. I think that just put a lot of people offside. Well, it's kind of that emotion that happens through Super. Anytime there's a corporate or a or a major takeover of a sport, people who are in the old guard and the new guard, these things happen. I think you, I think most people should be savvy enough these days to kick back and say. I'm pretty certain in a year's time we're all going to be hanging out again together. So uh, best not burn every bridge I've got. Nah, and he seems to have done that. But look, congratulations to the winner. Um, to make it even more galling for um, people, you know, he's an American. So there you go. Um, I loved it. But uh, nevertheless, it's been a while, mate, hasn't it, since we've had a, a it has. big time it has yet. Been, and, and, and I suppose that's, uh, yeah, I, I just like the fact that you know, they're saying how this guy's, um, you know, like a outsider and, you know, he's this, that and the other. But I think he's had $30 million worth of tournament winning. So he's not doing it too tough. <laughs> Do you know, you know my favourite guy, I've got to say my favourite golfer for the last bunch of years was Jordan Spieth and I really, really liked him. And, and I point, golf is one where, unless it's the Ryder Cup, I don't really care about where they're from unless they're directly playing against an Australian in a big tournament. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it definitely does. So I don't, I don't, I don't care either. It's to me, it's about really, really like Jordan, uh, Jordan Spieth, and I, and you know, it's amazing how that, that um, you know, those initial moments where he looked like it was, it was going to go and win every major for years, and 
it just hasn't happened. They seem to get that run, don't they? Um, the yeah. best golfers, they'll have that run for a small period of time and then someone else seems to take over Bubble at the moment. Watson. But, mate, um, look, you are Australian, but your cricket, Thanks, you, you cricket allegiances are from your motherland. You, 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 when Australia plays anyone else, generally you're an Australian supporter, but when the Ashes are on, you are an English cricket supporter and it has been one of the weirdest Ashes series I can remember. It's just more not not so much for for the cricket even, but just the the outcrying from Australians and the the English has been so weird. What are your thoughts, mate? Like like lots of people in Australia, I'm incredibly blessed to live here. Um, I'm a migrant. Uh, I'm incredibly proud and embrace um, my heritage and background. Yes, you do. Yep, and um, and I think that's okay because that's a calling card for just about everybody these days. Oh, I don't um, know why you wouldn't, to be honest, mate. I mean, uh, I think it's great. I think it's. I wear it on my sleeve. I mean, I, I'm, 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 I'm every part uh, English, I'm every part Irish, and I'm every part Queenslander. You, you really. I mean, I know. I will say, and I will say, and Australian, mate. You're like you're, you're all of right. those. You're all of those qualities, and like I, I embrace. I very much embrace the um. The, the different uh, backgrounds that I have through my family, I love it, and I think we should more. You know, when it comes not... to cricket, when it comes to cricket, the pure and simple um, uh, thing of it was when I was playing, it was far more fun to put my hand up and say I was going for England, especially when they were getting slaughtered. It's too easy. It reminded me of the people today who'd probably sign up and say, uh, "Oh, I'm a lifelong for eight weeks Real Madrid fan." <laughs> and so, I was like, I was never overly impressed by people doing that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, mate. Look, it has been it has been one of the weirdest series I can remember, where both teams have had uh, opportunities to put games away and just haven't taken those opportunities. And in that fourth test, when the rain came, I went to bed at lunch when it you know when they did the extended lunch. Mm. And I've got to admit, I, I was hoping that it was going to be washed out because I wanted us to you know retain the ashes. And yeah. I woke up and it was washed out. And you know. People calling for extra days play and all these different things. I hate it. What makes cricket so, test cricket so amazing is all the different conditions, the heat, the rain, all the different things you have to factor in. And I don't want to see, sorry, mate, I don't want to see extra days cricket. A test match. Mate, the same know. people are moaning about that are the same. Look, <laughs> we've had somewhat of a sabbatical for a while from our podcast. And, you know, as you know, for all the listeners out there, look, I love sport and. I've had a bit of a, a sabbatical or hiatus really from in involving myself in discussions about top-level sports and getting into the minutiae of things that have nothing to do with me or totally out of my control. But the same people who moaned about, oh, well, you know, England should never have been able to have that World Cup win because, you know, this happened and that happened. It's like you sign up to a series, you know the rules, and when a situation comes around and you're caught up in it, it's a bit like um, losing any game of football right on the bell and blaming referees' decision when you had 90 minutes or 120 or however long you needed, you know, to win that game. Uh, I'm going to stop you for one second, mate. Yeah. Spain have just gone five 0 up against Zambia. <laughs> or oh, no, it might be offside. It, it will come to the Women's World Cup in a minute. Sorry about that, mate. I was just uh, had it on in the background. Yeah, no, cool, man. Um, I just think anybody who's <laughs> Looking at that series fairly, um, we'll look at a couple of things. Well, England showed a lot of catches. Um, they made a very adventurous uh, 
uh, declaration on day one um, that, you know, didn't work. And if you roll the dice, it doesn't work. You're open to criticism. And I'll tell you what the other thing they did is that they didn't trust their batting lineup. And so they played one of their most aggressive batters and doubled him up as a wicketkeeper. And that patently didn't work. I would have played Johnny Bairstow for sure, but I wouldn't have played him as a keeper. And I think, and also, you know, they didn't bring Chris Wood in until later on the series and all these things and blah, blah, blah. I was wondering if Chris Wood... I think the series is a lot closer than... Of course, uh, a lot it is. of people would think so. No, it could have been it could have been three nil to England. Could have been three nil to Australia. I think England have played the majority of sessions have been the better team. But this is cricket. This is the beautiful thing. You've got to take your chances. Um, I think Australia's fielding placements have been insane. I think the bowling when when Australia did get on top was it, it just very. Un, I, I don't want to say un-Australian, but it, it was really strange. Um, a coach who's a bit of a beta male, um, mm. who's taken over from one of the ultimate couple of uh, from the ultimate out, and I think that the uh, that that stuff is coming straight from there. And also think, um, also Actually, think that's that... not fair. I don't know if he's a beta male, but in cricket terms, he's certainly not the kind of uber aggressive, uh, no, they definitely type person. Justin Langer was. No, they definitely went for a very different personality um, after Langer. But um, even in, and you look at England, and, and you just talked about Johnny Bairstow, but, you know, did they, you know, they did the thing of getting Bairstow to the century. But when you when you were playing so well, and it just seemed to slow down to get him that century, there's so many little bits and pieces that could have happened in, in this series so far. Well, and that's sport, isn't it? I mean, I, it is. honestly, uh, there, was, there was moments in every single game where I was watching people melt down about stuff after the event and I was like every time we have to always have a controversy no matter what the sporting event on a daily basis and when you look at stuff online or you sit you're never actually looking at the the game in its totality it's always these minute moments in time where people get bent out of shape and the best sports teams they look for the long game and Australia played to the long game this time. And I th- but I do think England is on track to be a very strong team going into the future. And, and I think that they've played okay and played well in the series. I mean, of course they've played let's not well lose track of the fact that it's a pretty good Australian team. Oh, mate, look. Current number world one champions, te- aren't they? Number one, yeah, I was about to say number one test team in the world. But what, I think you've summed it up really well where people's reactions have been so over the top. I've got to be honest, mate. I've been laughing my head off at both both reactions of the Aussies and the English because we were just talking about um, sport before with Rory McIlroy and and pulling a moment out. And so some of the things you always have to be careful of, like people have been whinging about the rain. And yet, you know, in 2013-14, these same people were wanting the rain for England to, to win the a test, right? It's just, it comes and goes. You know, Johnny Bairstow's run out. I mean... The same person has done the same thing to other people. So you just, I think you've got to be careful how strongly you come out with things. Yeah. If you, but if you want to find somebody to look, if you want to find an over the top reaction, just go on social media. Uh, it just Piers Morgan. Uh, um, that I don't I think, won't. I don't know that he's necessarily the only one. And he's, oh, no, 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 but he's, look, he's, he's an easy what, target. But he's also got what he wants. It's, he's got all that attention, hasn't he? He's, he stays relevant when these things happen. 
So right. that he's he's built his career on that kind of thing, mate. So it's no real surprise there either. But look, there's a there's a final test starting on Thursday night, and it's a it's a free hit really, um, because you know Australia can win the series, they can't lose it. So it's almost a free hit. The pressure's off. Um, these are the games that he, England, when they've won a series, have always dropped. Yep. Australia does. And, and when Australia's won a series, they've always been yeah. way more ruthless. I'm not uh, sure what's going to happen. I think, given that and the way the two teams have played, this one might be a draw. I hope it rains for the whole five days because I couldn't give up. How's that sound? Well, and I hope it doesn't. I hope it's a really good test. And I think both teams will go for it. I don't think Australia will be going at the three and a bit runs they have been. Um, what do you, can I just say a little bit, and the same as if this was Australia, this whole basketball thing, how is this new? Australia, when they're on top of the world, we're going at four and a half, five runs and over. India and Pakistan have done it so many times over the years. West Indies in their prime did it. This is not new. This is not a new philosophy. I think it's one of the wankiest things I've ever heard. We didn't say that when I wrote my article in our in our blog. <laughs> well, no, because you wrote well. That's what I was congratulating you about. But um, I, I just think it's... I, I, there, I is, there is traditionally a very sombre view of the way that England plays its cricket. And yeah, they took a chance. They rolled the dice with an attacking captain. Uh, I actually I would, I would submit, uh, generally to you and to the audience, that if the change of leadership had taken place not 12 months ago, but two months ago, that England would have won this series in about four days. Well, I submit to you that I don't think it was a chance putting Stokes in and, and, and having uh, the New Zealand coach. I think it was a really smart decision. And, you know, Stokes would walk into any team in the world. The um, real decision happened, though, at the CEO level where they put Robert Key in. Okay, that's good. And he made those decisions about who was going to get what because I'm telling you, no one at the time, everybody almost fell out of the chair when they heard that he'd been given that job. And he actually found... He also brought in Matthew Mott um, to coach the uh, Luminate Overs teams. Who was coaching know, a, the... Uh, as what, a, a Palm Beach Corumban player. And, and former, former women's coach as well. So Yep. And so do, making decisions that England would never normally make. Oh, good. You know, and I mean, that's, um, that's how you make you know, it. I think he has been a breath of fresh air, and and ultimately, I think though that they gambled a little bit too much, and sometimes when you put all your money on the table at the very first, you know, the very first half hour of being at the casino, sometimes you go home with empty pockets early. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree, mate. The women's World Cup's on, and it's been absolutely amazing. The crowds have been. Sensational uh, crowds in New Zealand and Australia have been amazing. Um, I've got tickets for tomorrow night, and I wasn't going to go. I just I'm really tired at the moment. You know, I've got a lot of things going on, and and I said to Meg, look, I'm not going. But two of the younger kids tonight are like, we're we not going to the football tomorrow night, and I'm so I'm going to go because it's a World Cup. The kids are excited, so I'm going to go off and see Australia take on Nigeria at Suncorp or what's it called? I don't know what it's called. Brisbane Rectangular, Rectangular Stadium. Or- doesn't it have an Aboriginal name for this tournament? Probably. I'm not sure what it would be. I'm not disparaging of that. I just can't Whatever remember. it is, I call it Lane Park. Yeah, I just can't remember the names of half the stadiums anymore. Is it Brisbane Rectangular Stadium or some shit like that? 
that's what it, that's what it was, it's been called when um, other FIFA games have been played in the past because um, of their regulations. But look, um, what a tournament! You saw New Zealand get their first uh, World Cup win, and then play their second game, and Stasic, the former Matildas coach, gets a win for the Philippines against New Zealand. Oh, uh, wasn't there just a little? I wish Pete was on because I'd go with my little dig where it's if uh, if they hadn't have dumped him, maybe Australia would be playing for their second World Cup in a row. Yeah, it's, that's a fair call, actually. But, um, yeah, Pete, we're missing Pete tonight. He's actually got football uh, coaching duties tonight. So we miss you. Let me for a guy like that. Imagine turning a program like that, the Philippines around, at a World Cup and, and coming out and beating the host. I don't care. You know, New Zealand are a developed country which invested a lot in women's sport. I'm not sure that's going to be the same story in the Philippines or Costa Rica or... They've gone absolutely. They've gone, they've gone absolutely bananas in the Philippines when. Yeah, uh, and when that's fantastic. Won. I love that result. Absolutely bananas, and Philippines. Um, their number one sport's actually basketball. Um, is so, it? Yes, it is, mate. Yeah, absolutely, and getting a lot yeah. of import uh, exports around the world as well. They just love their basketball. So, um, yeah. one of the biggest followings of the NBA outside of uh, the US. Um, so absolutely love it, but it's been a brilliant World Cup. I've, I've thoroughly loved it, and you know, England won their uh, opener. It's always important to win that opener, and uh, everyone expected them to win five nil or you know six nil, and they won one nil. Um, it's just been yeah, over Haiti. Yep, yep. Um, but it's just showing. I mean, how... Haiti is a country that's hemorrhaging people over land to the United States across that southern border, and yep, uh, ravaged by all kinds of you know some of the when you look at this Women's World Cup, you know, if you pick up a map and you look at gross domestic product and human rights, every place where you find those things are high, you're going to find that team generally winning. So for Haiti to get close to England is well done by them. And uh, it, it really was when Australia won their opener, but have copped a few more injuries and, and they, uh, they, you know, People have come out quite funny about Sam Kerr's injury and how Australia hit it and so forth. Um, they've yeah. basically, basically come out and said they lied about it. But, um, yeah, it, it was a really weird thing. If Sam Kerr had picked up an injury, what I found weird is putting her in a press conference before the game mm. and kind of, kind of like forcing her to lie. You know, lying by omission is lying. You know, it was just weird. It was weird. That's the thing I don't get. You could have put anyone in that chair. Um, you didn't have to put Sam Kerr in there. I thought that was a weird decision. There's always critics everywhere. Right. Look, and what about Haley getting the uh, draw and a penalty? Yes, yeah, so I was very excited. Uh, Haley Razzo, uh, daughter of one of our friends. Um, look, people said she dived. It was contact. She Who was cares? The box. I don't care. Do you Got care? Uh, nope, not. I was. I was screaming for it when it happened. I was stoked. <laughs> uh, beautifully taken penalty as well. Oh. Absolute ripper. And Steph Catley was, our... was good, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that, I, from what I heard... It's nice to see girls who've been hanging around the program for a while actually succeeding at this level at home, yeah? Because they yeah, deserve yeah. it. They've done a lot of good work. And and we know over the years, you know, many of them got paid very little. Um, they would have been... A lot of them would have been really struggling for money only a few years ago. And mm. now they can actually make a career out of it. And we're hearing that with so many women's sports, aren't we? Yeah, you know, it's good. It's fantastic. You know, you've got the um, Premier League, Women's Premier League in England. 
Um, you've got obviously the uh, women's um, competition in America has been huge for years. Our, our, our uh, product here is probably going backwards slightly, but uh, you know, you've yeah, now so got, is the men's. Well, Hayley signed for um, Real Madrid, the first Australian um, male or female who signed for Real Madrid. I know, but I think that's just a completely invalid point. Look, and there's no Australian male. It's a lot. Look. Oh, I'm just saying. If you're coming around Australia looking for quality um, football players and women, you're going to find the program's been developing them a lot better than, say, the. and there's just much more, there's less available people at that level. Oh, I just think it's exciting. Um, Sam Kerr regardless... will walk into that team straight up. Yeah, I don't think I'm making any point other than I was just excited for her to sign for such a massive club. And I told you I was going to get on you tonight. Oh, yeah. You're well on to me, mate. And I'll tell you what, I've got a couple of uppercuts. I think it's awesome mate. being a Real Madrid. I think it's fabulous. I just, I, I look at her career when she... But I'm, not, I'm not sorry, Paul. I just don't, I can't see any way. If we can't compare eras in sport... Yep. Then I don't think we can compare men's and women's sports. Oh, look, I, I'm not even. I'm just saying it's amazing that we've got an Aussie who's playing for Real Madrid uh, regardless. So I just think it's an unreal story. So do um, I. It's brilliant. And to think of where some of these uh, girls and women have really struggled, I want to make that point. Some of them thinking of quitting over the years and have had, a, had chances to play for teams like Everton and Chelsea and Real Madrid and, you know, Paris Saint-Germain. All these, it's just it's just unreal. It blows my mind. Just quietly, how good's Haley going to Real Madrid going to be for John's jersey collection? Oh yeah, he'll uh, he'll be he'll be able to be bossing that. You know, he'll be slightly disappointed. Uh, one of the most unassuming dads I've ever known. <laughs> He's most got this like, man. superstar daughter and and, and right. beautiful sons as well. So yeah, right. shout out to John. Um, but the Women's World Cup, look. <sighs> I don't know who's going to win it. I really, really don't. There's been teams that have already disappointed people and watching Norway in their first two games, the lack of urgency from Norway has been unbelievable. Like for a team that's got history in the game, they look like they do not care. And we were last time in Auckland a couple of weeks ago. I was in Auckland. I've been to see my brother and we were just walking down the main street of Auckland towards the harbour. Yep. We wanted to get some fish and chips and a beer before we got in the plane. Some fish and and, and they walked straight past us. And Lou said, is that a sports? I said, oh, that's Norway. They're Norway women. How cool that's is cool. that? How cool is that? Oh. But they're playing like, <laughs> they're playing as if they joined, joined me and Louise for some fish and chips and some beers. I think so, mate. Look, their honestly, walk. the lack of urgency has been amazing. So they're one point after two games. But look, the Women's World Cup, it'll, you know, we'll cover it again next week and see where, where it's winding up. But some teams, it's going to be pretty close, like it always is in a World Cup on getting through. So yeah. good luck. There's only two it. results that I want to see. One is I want to see Australia win, and the other is I want to see the USA not win. Well, I've actually tipped England. I actually tipped England to win the, the tournament. I think that their local game's coming along. They've got a lot of skills. So, you know, if it was an England-US final, I'd be going for England for sure. Now, so. I don't want to see the Yanks go through. Anyway. Yeah, next. I know what you're saying. know what you're saying. Next, mate, I'm going to ask you a question then. Uh, what is mm. more likely? Yeah. Collingwood to win the AFL grand final mm. or Penrith to win the NRL grand final? What is the oh, most likely of the two? Oh, Penrith winning the NRL. That's a bloody tough one, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, look, I, I think Penrith have got some recent pelts on the board. I, I think Collingwood 
you can't help but think that a one point loss in the finals is coming for Collingwood and their fans, hey? Well, I'll have to go on record with you here. I've said to Dad, this just feels, and it's not a revenge thing, because it's not, because I don't have that um, dislike of Collingwood that I have for other teams. I just have this inkling that it's a 2018 preliminary final. Richmond mm. expected to thump Collingwood and just got ambushed. Now, I'm sure McRae will be ready for it, but it just has this little vibe. I just have something tingling there, and I have for weeks, and so is my old man. And Collingwood yeah. doing something they've never done before, which is having the goodwill and the love of the rest of the fans of the competition. Because they're playing football that is so fantastic to watch. Yeah, uh, I know. But I, I think that'll quickly dissipate into the finals. Oh, so, or, and it'll definitely dissipate if they win a grand final. Um, come oh, yeah. season, but, um, there's been a lot of great, uh, absolutely great um, football brothers over the years. Now, the Dacos brothers for their age have to be right up there, in my mind, for, the, for an early part of their career. Oh, yeah, but it's a very small sample size. Yes, and that's what I'm saying to you. But, I, but what an amazing start to their career. I mean, you look at other brothers and their starts to their careers, like the uh, Cracker brothers at North Melbourne together were amazing. But this And, and this Dacos uh, duo, um, Nick and Josh, you could give me either of those players at my club and I'd be absolutely stoked. Oh, yeah, they're guns. There's going to be the Ashcroft brothers at the Lions next year. And look, sincere, um, I don't want to say condolences. That's too strong a word. But look, a speedy, reco- speedy recovery to, um, uh, uh, to, I was about to say Marcus. Uh, sincere. So Marcus is upset too, though, I could tell. Yeah, he would be, yeah. So, you know, uh, let's hope he's well as well. But that, as soon as I saw that, I went, oh, Dad, that's an ACL. You just know. Because I, I said to the old man, having done a few myself, you actually can walk in a, the first half a minute is like agony. It is the sharpest pain I've felt, right? Mm. And after that first minute, half a minute to a minute, you can actually walk it off. Yeah, you can I'm walk in straight lines, can't you, and all yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I've done that on a couple of occasions. Um, and so when he walked off the ground the way he did, I went, oh, Dad, that's an ACL for sure. And the old man went, yep, it is. Um, it, it's just one of those injuries that you just know when you see it. So, look, the good news is, He's got some of the best, you know, medical people around him. And ACLs these days are so, without being horrible, they're so common that the recovery programs are set out really strongly. So I think he'll come back. It's not like an Achilles where you just never quite know if you're going to come back. Uh, I think he'll come back just as good, if not better. Well, raw speed isn't his game. No, I think he's doing so many good things. He's got so much nous and spatial awareness and all that and, yeah, I wish him the best. He'll get the best um, care you can get. And I'll, I'll, I'll guarantee he'll be back. And, you know, I look forward to it. It's unfortunate. But, you know, every great sports person's got to get tested at some point with injury. And his has come, pardon me, excuse me, Paul, uh, his has come early. It's just that, you know, just um, a real big knock on, on. I think Brisbane could still finish top two. And it's just that, you know, to lose a player who's coming straight away, like the Dacos brothers did, made huge difference. Is is a huge loss. Um, look, this round, mate, we've got some absolute rippers. In in there's games that I would always go to as a neutral, and and that's tomorrow night's game, Carlton Collingwood. Carlton beat Collingwood. They're in the into the you know they're in the eight. 
um, and Collingwood looking to keep that role on and beat one of their better rivals, you'd, you'd think there'd, there'd be 80-odd thousand tomorrow night, uh, Carlton Collingwood. Oh, I can't imagine what it wouldn't be. Hey, that's got to be one of the biggest Thursday night games of ever, hasn't it? What? Oh, sorry, I said tomorrow night. My apologies, mate. Sorry, Friday night they're playing. Is no, no, it would, it would. I be thought the... Richmond, and, Richmond and Collingwood were playing on Friday night. No, no, no. Carlton, Carlton Collingwood uh, on Friday night, mate. Oh, okay. Oh, I've got um, my two very good mates are getting together for drink, I, and they're meeting up. I, I honestly assumed it was what they call fight night because the only time that they all meet up is when Richmond play Collingwood. No, so I hadn't no, even Carlton, looked at this week's round. Yeah, no, Carlton Collingwood, an absolute ripper of a game there. And both Sorry, teams, can you cut that so that sounds like an absolute noob? No, mate, um, we can do yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And, you know, you've got Kerno <laughs> coming off 10 goals. You've got Collingwood coming off another nail-biting win. Um, Geelong take on Frio, and Frio just absolute jokes at the moment. And Geelong making that late-season run. Um so you'd expect they'd win there. The Dogs have had a renaissance, mate. They take on the Giants, um, but it is at um, Ballarat. So it's going to make it a really windy and tough game there. And, and it's the kind of game that might almost suit the Giants. You know, oh, play that, maybe. Play that game. Only if Toby Green kicks 10. Well, Toby Green kicks five and they can win that game in Ballarat um, because of the conditions. Mate, there. honestly, I've got a question for you. Yep. Who's the most underrated player in the last 10 years in the AFL? Well, if you're going to say Toby Green, I can't go with that because my dad and I rate him so high that I just physically can't get that out. All right, okay. I'm going to rephrase the question. Who's the most undervalued player in the AFL? Undervalued by other fans? or No, just like in terms of... All right. Okay. Who's the best player in in a crap team? Oh, yeah. I mean, it'd have to be probably Toby Green for sure. Oh, I finally got there. You know, I love him. He's awesome. But no, he, he's everything you'd want at your club. And anyone who yeah. said they wouldn't want Toby Green at their club, I'm not sure they're fair income about, about football, mate. I really I really are. Because... So many times I've watched him, I see, when I see him live, I see him on TV. I just instant, Because you don't, you don't go chasing GWS games, hey? No, no. And he just everything he does is, well, mostly off the field, not so much. Um. But, you know, what if I'm prepared to forgive a guy like Payne Haas? I can forgive Toby Green. Well, like, look, what I love How's that for a double standard? I, I do love it. What I love about Toby Green as well is that he's had offers to go to other clubs and, and he could have, you know, walked into a premiership team and been, you know, that, that cream on the top. But he's, you know, he yeah. could, be a, could be a one-club player and he'll go down, honestly, I know it might not sound big, but he'll go down as a GWS legend because um, he's just fabulous. Um, yeah, <laughs> So when they wrap up the whole concept and they just fold it like my card table here and take it home, are they going to leave his stuff there at, uh, you know, the yeah, Canberra they'll... Bush Rangers? Yeah, they'll leave it there with a the big, big sound, mate. Um, yep. The Suns, you know, they've pretty much blown their chances of finals. They take on the Lions. It's it's at the... Uh, Oh, what, what do we even call it these days? I don't want to call it Heritage Bank. I don't want to call it Metricon. Come on, mate. Carrara. Let's call it Carrara. Um, you should win this comfortably. A All those names are crap. I hate them. You know that. Yeah, it's a 4.30 afternoon game. The breeze is going to come in. It's going to, it's going to be a bit chilly there, I reckon, if you're in the shade. Uh, my biggest concern... Well, my biggest concern is that now that there's been a change in the coaching ranks at the Suns, is that uh, some of the Lions players will be able to avail themselves of the pie warmer before the game and be not at their best. 
it has happened plenty of times. It has, and it, and it happened, as we know, last week as well. But um, I honestly think you've got too much firepower there. Um, the We've got to win. It's line, as simple as that. Well, your top, top two for you is right in the cards at the moment. It's um, You're a game behind Port. Your percentage is superior. And, um, you know, you've got to win these games. It's as simple as that. And you've got a bit well, of they're a... Well, they straight out of that game and Port are playing Adelaide and... Yes. You know, the way Porter playing, I wouldn't be backing against that result going our way. No, because, I mean, it's it's a showdown game and it does mean a lot to both clubs, no matter where they are on the ladder. Um, well, that rivalry means way more than the one that's going up at, you know, the so-called Q clash. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, Essendon taking on the uh, Swans. Um, Essendon's had their chances. It looked like they were going to break their um, finals out. They can still get there. Um because Essendon's only two points out of the uh, eight, but uh, a couple of teams have got some pretty good runs coming home. Um, have they got a name for that trophy for that game? You know how every game gets a trophy? Have they got a name for that? Uh, yeah, they'd have to. Yeah, I don't Is know. it like the Dale Kick It sort of, you know, cup don't, or don't, something? The Dale Kick It don't let you play in a premiership cup. Uh, yeah. yeah. Probably is. Uh, but, I mean, look, Essendon's played some okay football, but some amazingly weird coaching decisions in the past couple of weeks that, you know, they had a player who was running on empty last week um, who hadn't played in almost a year and they kept him on and subbed someone else on. It was just some weird decisions and Essendon's had some pretty heartbreaking losses this year, but as a Tiger supporter, um, when they beat us by a point this year and, and really gave it to us, I, I don't cry too many tears. I, I don't like either of those teams. So whoever wins that, I don't care. Um, but, I mean, they've got to keep their final hopes alive. Crows taking well, the on Bombers. Port. Well, the Bombers, mm-hmm. there's still a chance uh, to make the eight, but um, it's going to be hard. Uh, yeah. Crows taking on Port, as we said, could. It's a big danger game for Port. Huge danger game. I, you know, Port has continued to surprise people this year, and mate, they've got a player at Port. You, you okay? You want to talk about an underrated player? One of the most underrated players, and 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 off my line uh, as well. There's a certain guy at Port Adelaide who never gets, um, well, he never gets the kind of kudos. He's one of those kind of in and at him, tough as all get out, is Power Pepper. I reckon he has been just sensational for Port Adelaide this year and, and the last year. And I don't reckon you'd want to go up against him in a physical contest either. I think you just like his haircut. Oh, I love that haircut, mate. His bald is beautiful. But no, look, he's as hard as they come. And he was on the outskirts of that team for many years. And I reckon without him, they'd, they'd, they'd be shafted. He doesn't have to get a lot of positions to um, to be a leader uh, of that club. So I just wanted to put that out there, mate. The Hawks take on Saints. I mean, this is a... Hey, what, are we doing, what are we doing during that game? Well, I, it's on Sunday. I'll probably be out somewhere with the kids, I reckon. Um Hawks Saints a huge danger game for the Saints though, because the Hawks they, they're not playing as badly as a sixteenth team um, could play. So yeah, mate, I, I don't know who will win that, but you'd think the Saints. Oh, they beat us. I still remember that. So hopefully they beat St Kilda and a little bit more breathing space for the Lions in case we have we lose four games in a row or something like that. Well, Richmond. I'm only a little bit one eyed. Tiny bit, but it's okay, mate. Richmond take on Melbourne. Yeah. 10th versus 4th, you'd think just on paper you'd say Melbourne will win it, but I don't reckon Melbourne's going that well. I reckon they're just going, even though they're in 4th, they're just kind of going. And um, look, 
Richmond were horrendous for three, three and a half quarters last week. 37 points down uh, late in the third quarter and got up by a point against Hawthorne. Um, I think it's a bit of a danger game for Melbourne there. Free hit for Richmond, not expected to win it. Oh, Seriously, we should never have lost that game to Melbourne. Uh, I hope that Richmond do them over. Well, if they do, still a huge chance for the eight with a team that's... I think we've played five or six debutants this year. So, And uh, one of them last week, he only had a few touches and looked sensational. So um, very happy for the young man. And this is the blockbuster of the round, mate. Can this, I guess what it is? Oh, is it the North West Coast match? Oh, what a game. Well, if you can't, what are we doing for that, I, mate? I don't know. I, I reckon you'd have to be six, seven uh, stubbies deep to even turn this on. I reckon. Eighteen. Pretty first. amazing that their combined percentage doesn't well just squeaks out over a hundred. Oh no, it gets well over a hundred, doesn't it? But if you average it out, it's only um, probably fifty-seven. No, it's sixty-six and forty-eight. Well, it's sixty and forty. Close enough to just squeaking over a hundred. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you that. And you're you're the teacher, not me, mate. So okay. The combined percentage is a is hundred and ten. Uh, but a combined uh, combined win win record here, mate. They've played thirty six games between them, and a huge three wins. What a blockbuster! Uh, big shout out to my father in law, Harry. Uh, Harry's a West Coast Eagles member. He'll be there on Sunday, as he's been to many of the thrashings this year. Now, that's a supporter. Good on you, Harry. On you, Harry. That's a supporter. Oh, you met him at the wedding, mate. I did. I don't I particularly feel all that sorry for West Coast. They've had plenty of good times. No, they certainly have, but, geez, I don't know where they're going. And they, it's amazing they, how quickly they went They, they went from the um, penthouse to the outhouse. Well, that 2018, I suppose it's almost a bonus grand final because I don't think many people expected them to win the 2018 grand final. Yeah, least of all any Collingwood fan or any neutrals with about a minute to go. <laughs> or, or in the first 15 minutes of the game, it looked like Collingwood mm. by any sort of margin. But look, West Coast is, is a real... I mean, priority picks aren't going to help West Coast. And they've already had the number one potential draft pick say so he does want to go to West Coast. Um, but the other thing is... Which is, that's almost... Un, that's an almost unspeakable comment in the last 30 years, eh? Hey? Yeah, you just... Yeah, I, look... You go to West Coast, you're generally guaranteed of success if you turn up there as a draft pick. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't... don't, I think it's a real... I mean, I I think when you really have a look at the whole interview that the the young man did, it was only one thing they were asking about. He's like, I don't really want to go to West Coast. They've blown it out much bigger than the actual statement was. I didn't even know he'd said it, but I'm I'm responding saying that that's almost a thing that you would never have... No, no. Those two teams together. Who's the current coach... Who's the well, coach at West Coast? Oh, I, I was about to say, oh, jeez. Oh, is it still Adam Simpson? Yeah, it is, mate. And and the thing They're is... They're pretty loyal. He was signed. Well, here's the reason. He was signed before the new deal came in where you could almost um, sack a coach giving them six months of their pay. Um, <laughs> he's under the old agreement, so they'd have to pay him out another two years which smashes the soft But they're not poor. They've got like a huge membership. It's not about, it's not about poorness. It's about... The, remember I told you about I hate the soft salary cap? Mm-hmm. I, I understand the need for a hard salary cap, which is the players, but they have the soft salary cap, which is staff. So you only have a set amount you're allowed to spend, no matter how... But he's one of those guys, he gives those sort of press conferences that drive you nuts in the AFL where it's all, yeah, you know, you know, oh, you know not criticising, all that we, sort of stuff. You know, we, we, we're bloody new people. We're going to see them through this journey and challenge. No, mate, your team's crap. 
your players aren't ready for it, and it's going to be years of rebuilding. And just get what, Carl Langdon in and pay him ten bucks and 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 a six pack of beers and say, buy this place up. Well, mate, look, you look at the whole ladder, and the two teams you really cannot see a shining light for has to be North and West Coast. Like, I just don't see where those two clubs go for a fair few years. The difference is, you're right, West Coast have got the money, they've got a great ground, and Western Australia is a great place to live. Uh, so, you know, I, I think they'll definitely attract people. Whereas, if you're a free agent, you're not going to be likely to go to North, are you? No, the only way you could possibly see it is if uh, the, you had a good sit down with the coach. <laughs> is that is that is that coach even at the club at the moment? When he's allowed to be around. <laughs> so I think he's coming back in a week or so, isn't he? He's been watching all the games, and I think he's there for the last round or two. So that's well. Nothing's that's... happened since he's been away to suggest that they wouldn't bring him back. Yeah, it's just well, he's definitely coming back. They said he's playing. Uh, I think he's coaching round twenty-two, but for the last two rounds, it's a really weird situation. But nevertheless, um, yeah, like that's that's the AFL. It's been an amazing year. Like Collingwood coming back again, winning a a real blockbuster game. Um, there's been so many comebacks. Teams just don't know how to hold a lead if it's three or four. If it's three or four goals, that's not a big lead anymore, is it? It's one of those. No, oh, tell me about it. Hey, I've got a question for you. Uh-oh. What's more likely? Champions League next year. Aston Villa or Newcastle United? Well, you're in it. So, you mean... Well, well you know what I mean, Champions League <laughs> positions in the um, EPL. Oh, I don't want to be one of those guys because... Well, look... <sighs> well, we both are. So, have you got an answer? I think Newcastle, because you're in the Champions League and you're going to attract players, that would be my normal comment. But I'm actually mm. going to say Villa because this has been one of the best transfer windows any club's had in many years. The, the, the players we're getting, um, I just can't believe. Paul Torres, uh, Musa Diaby, um, Tillemans. Tillemans. I just, I don't, you got him for nothing. You know how much I love Villa, right? And I don't want, mm. I hate being one of those guys, but I am genuinely excited for the next few years. Genuinely excited. We've got, you know, the guy who's overseeing teams like um, um, Philadelphia 76ers and teams like that getting them up. He's been in the MLS. Chris Heck is our, you know, basically our commercial manager. We've got two owners who actually, and you know what it's like with, you know, at, when you had Ashley, we've got two owners who believe in the club. Um, and to have Emery and Monchi there, it's I've never known Villa to have such stability off the field. So I'm genuinely excited. I think it's sustainable, and I'm I'm excited, mate. I think we're a, run, a right. So your back. answer is <sighs> you, your answer I'm, is you're going with Villa to be in the Champions League next year. No, no, I'm not. I, I, in all in all honesty, I'll, I will go Newcastle. As I've said, I, you, you're going to be in the Champions League. And then that's going to attract more people if you do pretty well there. You've got the money over the next few years. Financial fair play evens out where you'll be able to spend the money. Um, and so I think it's more likely to be Newcastle. Okay, good. Very good. And, Thank you. And, I appreciate that uh, that's, feedback. That's the truth. I, I, I just I can't see how in the next few years Newcastle don't become – if you've got the right people in the back rooms – because Manchester City does, no matter what people say about them, they have got the smartest people in every position. 
And if Newcastle mirrors that, there is no reason you can't be in the top two for many years to come. I'd be reasonably confident that those people are there. Well, I know they are for us, and I don't know enough about some of the other. I don't know that about Newcastle. So for me to say it mm. without knowing the names, I'd be pretty silly. But I, you'd think they would. I mean, you'd think they would with the money you've got. Um, mm. And, you you know, you've got the whole city behind you. So the financial stability of having your own ground, of having the consistency, you're gonna, your shirt sales are going to go through the roof all over the world. Um, so the money's just going to pour in. Every time I try to buy one off the website, um, you know, XL is always sold out. Well, mate, they make them pretty tight these days, I tell you. Uh, but for, <laughs> oh, the first, for the first time in years, Villa's going to be um, selling shirts because the players they've got already, and there's a couple more to come in. The I- issue for us is that um, we don't have the, the backup goalkeeper. We've got the best goalkeeper in the world, but we don't have a backup at all. Probably need another right back, and we definitely need a striker. And I'm not putting Ollie Watkins down, but he's yet to kick 20 goals or, or score 20 goals in the season. Sometimes you can't have everything. Hey, can hope, mate. Can hope. <laughs> but your window's been pretty good. Yeah, I'm not upset. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quietly, quite happy with it, to be honest. It's not so, over yet either. So I think Arsenal's probably been the best team looking at the window. I think they've done some really, really good business. Uh, Man City's done the business they expect. And, and, and I've looked at other teams and people have said Chelsea's done well, but we never really know until... They spend season. so much money. They, they they pay overs for everything. It's unbelievable. It's not sustainable. So, no. um, you know, you, you've got all the, the homegrown players that you need to play. So in the next few years, they, they physically are not allowed to spend the money they're spending because they're not bringing any players through the home uh, homegrown system. Um, whereas we know Newcastle will, Villa will, United, Manchester United definitely will. They always have. So people can put United down. They have always brought players through their academy as well as getting well, their better Chelsea's players. loan program was always pretty strong, you know, loaning guys out and they have a lot of guys, but they seem to have stopped loaning anyone out and they seem to have just kept them. Well, it's... I think Conor Gallagher's up for sale. Uh, I know he that is. I, he's, he's going to be worth something, but you wouldn't, I think you wouldn't. he's... None of, of our teams would want Gallagher. I don't see the point of taking him. We wanted him last year, but I think that 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 ship sailed a bit. And no one seems to want Harry Maguire from Man U. No, I feel a bit for Harry. Um, well, I do too. I think he's the um, he makes some mistakes, but I think you know he cops it probably more than almost anyone. Um, I know Tyrone Mings is similar from our club. He, he plays. Exceptional football, but it's these mistakes that are that people seem to notice more than anything. Yeah, and some people's mistakes don't really get magnified. But yeah, I'm not. Gonna, I mean, I'm not going to lie awake rolling around worrying about him. But I mean, Harry's made plenty of money. It'll be fine. I think the most interesting thing that's going to come out of the Premier League for the next couple of weeks is where Harry Kane ends up. Yeah. Now, obviously, um, Ange is not going to want him to let go, and he's made it very clear and he said it publicly that he doesn't want Harry Kane to go anywhere. He's planning for him to be there. Um, obviously, he's going to say that because knowing how meticulous uh, uh, Ange is, he'd be planning for him not to be there as well. He'd have to be silly. Pretty hard to replace him. Especially now. I mean, pre-seasons have started. Their tours are happening and um, not a lot of well, strikers. Well, what would you do? I'd go. 
if if you were, I, I thought you were asking, if you're asking me a supplier, I'd be going. Yeah. Um, they're not playing in Europe. They haven't shown the ambition to go out and buy people. They have done very little in this transfer window. And if I was a Tottenham supporter, and this is why I feel a bit sorry for Andrew right now. Trying to get look, the money. They don't look like they're making moves for anything. No. So maybe they're waiting for him to go. But, um, yeah, look, um, I, I don't feel too sorry for Tottenham because um, at all. They've been up. Well, you'll tell you about take their place. I think so. I actually do. And I'm not. I'm not being bombastic about this. I, I, I can't see any reason. Well, we already took their spot this year, really. And so I can't see any reason why we don't stay above them next year. I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, but look, anything else in the world of football? Um, obviously. Sorry, man. I didn't mean to steal your, steal your job as the host. No, I like it. I like it. I, I just, I mean, obviously we touched on the Women's World Cup. We've got a lot of the, the, the tours happening in different parts of the world at the moment. We, we drew three, three all with you this week. Um, uh, in America, and it was actually. Oh, we came back twice in that game, which was good. But it was Trying actually playing a different formation. But both teams played different formations, and a lot of their young players and their young players from both teams looked really exciting, like very fast, very good on the ball, very similar styles of play. Actually, I thought in in that game as well. What do you think about the um, all the players disappearing out to the Saudi league? Yeah, that's that's. Um... And I suppose if I can just uh, here we go. I'm going back to Villa again. Um, but Diaby actually had a massive offer because he's only in his early twenties. He had a huge offer, and, and it, re- it took him about two weeks from all reports to decide on Villa um, or or going to Saudi. But because he's so young, I think he's and he has come out and said I wanted to play Premier League, so he chose Villa mm. over Saudi, which felt like a little bit of a win for football. But long term, it feels a little bit like with golf. Um, we're talking about breakaway competitions. Well, this could be the breakaway competition because Mbappe's apparently going for Australian $1 billion for a season, reportedly. <laughs> $1 billion. There was an article saying he gets $36 a second. <laughs> so they're going to pay... Is it funny? It's, we're, we're watching everyone do the same thing. And again, as they nearly always do, so... Chelsea and Liverpool and Manchester United will sell whoever they want overpriced Jordan Henderson, whoever to the to the competition, and then turn around and complain that a guy like Alan Saint Maximum goes for thirty million, which I think is an absolute steal for a guy like Maxim. So do I. He gives you and, uh, and, his injuries. You know, injuries are starting to hit him a little bit at the moment, but if he stays straight, uh, strong, sorry, says no, uh, someone probably, will buy him back from them, and back into the Premier League. Or into Europe somewhere, and it'll be worthwhile. So Mbappe's a reported um, six or seven hundred million dollar transfer fee to play one year at a billion dollars. Mm. Money means nothing to that competition. I mean, mm. not joking. It's thirty six dollars a second that he's getting paid. But it'd be like watching it in Premier League and cricket. I, I wouldn't walk from my Maybe card table to the beer fridge to watch it. He's up to six hundred. In that period of time, I think he made six hundred dollars. <laughs> but look, and the money's just bullshit. And you see, or oh, pardon me, but you just see the way he's looking at it. Going, there are regulations in place that mean you can't. What would be awesome is if is if that Saudi club transfers in Bappo to Newcastle for sixteen million pounds. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, it is. I'll take that. 
it is absolutely mind blowing. A, a billion dollars to play football for a year. I think you'd be going. You'd be hard pressed at his age not to go, wouldn't you? Shows you the kind of oh, you'd be an idiot not to because he's only got to go for a year, one year. And and I love the whole PSG response. Like, oh, you know, like you know, imagine paying all this money. It's like, hang on, that's what you've done to everyone else. Yeah, it's 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 pretty hilarious, mate. But I mean, the the amount of money they will be paid for the transfer for one year of a player playing is just it, it goes to show that I mean, money is absolutely no limit. Um, and we'd have to be the lure of playing in the Premier League is going to keep a lot of the younger players there. But if you're 28, 29, you've had a couple of injuries, you've been a star. I mean, the lure over there. I mean, why don't they come in for a Harry Kane? The Yanks did this a few years ago with their MLS and all that. Like, it, not it, this it'll money, be a though. thing. Not this money. No, but back in the days when they bought Pele and people like that, and Beckham, Pele, Beckenbauer, who else played? A lot there? of money. George, George Best. George Best. Did he play for the Rowdies? <laughs> uh, no, that was well. Might no, I I think um, Rodney Marsh played for Tampa Bay. Yes, he did. I mean, oh, mate, they they did. Um, and a great, if you ever want to watch a great documentary, George Chingalia. Oh, there were so many unbelievable players there. I mean, that uh, that New York Cosmos um, uh, documentary, which I can't quite think of the name, is actually fabulous. Talk, talking about that season or two seasons in, in the... Uh, in, uh, it's a fantastic. I wish I could remember the name of it. Um, Can I just also take my hat off? Just one thing before we go, Paul, as well. Is I just want to take my hat off to Trevor Francis, who died this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a legendary um, football player, the first million-pound player in England. He died this week. And commentator... Yep. Seems like, from all reports, thoroughly decent guy. Thoroughly loved, mate. Continent. Thoroughly loved. Yeah, and yeah. so RIP. I think that's actually a really great way to end the podcast, mate. A uh, fabulous footballer, from all reports, a really great man. And, and, and football clubs from all over the world and football supporters have paid their respects, and I reckon that says everything. They didn't pay their respects necessarily based on the football. They were basically on the man, which I loved even more. Yeah, he was pretty well regarded. Man, I'm feeling a bit feeling a bit sad now. I'm a bit nostalgic, and uh, let's just Sorry, stop. Mate. No, not at all, mate. Life's life's fragile. And we have to enjoy those, as we said at the start of the pod. Enjoy life, guys. Enjoy the people around you. Thoroughly get into sport. Just you know, when I was younger, John, I probably didn't have the balance correct. I was probably so affected by the results of my team for so long. But now it's just balanced. Maybe it's age and, and maybe a little bit of wisdom, but you balance out the good and the bad, don't you? Yeah, and I really hope that everybody, you know, some people, some of my friends have become upset with me because I'm not carrying on like a, a lunatic all the time about, you know, results and things and teams and stuff that's just out of my control. I, I just now purely, I find myself just wanting to enjoy the game. And I find myself wanting to read some interesting articles about what's happening. I just don't want to buy into the, the nut job side of it, you know? It's really funny you say that, mate, because um, ESPN's done a massive coin out of, of, of you know, staff. And some of them, obviously, they've got rid of that they needed to. But there's some others that are sensational. And they're going to find spots at the Fanatics and other places and um, 
I'm just really enjoying listening to, and you've put me onto a couple. I'm really enjoying listening to podcasts not done by mainstream. Um, I've gone mm. back. To, I've gone back to one of our favourites, um, and he's on. Is it plus? Is it plus three or minus three? I'm trying to think of the the podcast, but um, there's some really good people out there who are not on the major networks, and and they've started their own networks, and I really. I'd suggest to people get away from some of the mainstream ESPN and Fox and all those kind of guys and go and listen to some of the stars doing their own stuff. If you're getting just honest, raw opinions about the game. So, you know, go and look at If there. I could just, if I honestly, if I could just stream the game I want from the NFL and the game I want from, from um, football and a Lions game and, Origin match and a couple of rugby matches. I'll be pretty happy, mate. Oh, look, I can't. Well, wait I can live we... without all that other stuff that comes with it. I can't wait, mate, until we um, get into our NFL preview. You know, in the, in the next week or two, because I am so excited about this upcoming season. And and the good thing about well, there's I, a lot to talk about. And I'm just going to leave with my one. I did have one last question for. I know we're going to wrap Go up. I've got one last question for. Go you. for it. What's more likely? Tua leads Miami to a AFC East division title and into the playoffs? Or Aaron Rodgers leads the Jets into an AFC division title and the playoffs? Ah, Tua. Tua stays fit. Miami's, Miami's squad is... Oh, my is God, far. I hope so. Miami's squad is far superior to, to New York's. If Tua stays fit, he we will win the AFC East. And you know how Dan I am on the Dolphins over the years, man. But at Tua stays fit, we win. You know, Tyreek Ty- Hill, Waddle, um, our defense has got even better. Jalen Ramsey's coming. Good line. I, I'm just, um, yeah, he stays fit. He, st- he plays all 17 games. We win the AFC East. And what happens, mate? I'll ask you a question. I'll ask you a question. Who is more likely not to be at their club after this season coming up? Josh mm-hmm. Allen at the Bills, Aaron Rodgers at the Jets. If if either of those teams' seasons go off track, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you there. I think I'd agree with you there. Yeah, I'm going to push all my chips in all this this year, and I'm going to say that the Bills are going to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm going to push all my chips in and say, one, I don't know why Aaron would pick to go to the AFC East. And two, the way he's carried on before, during, and since he left, he goes with very little goodwill. Mate, it sounds great. Final one here, mate. If the AFC East is not the toughest division going around, it's got to be close. Like that is, I mean, you. I mean, it's not without the realms of possibility that Belichick does something unbelievable. Mm. Because they're going to take so, all the teams are going to take games off each other. It's so stacked. It would not shock you, would it, that the team no one's giving a chance goes close to winning it or gets through. No, but then you've got to get out of the AFC East and then go through the AFC, and and you're not even talking about the quality of the quarterbacks in the in the AFC North. Oh, and mate, I just don't understand. I don't know what's in his head. Mate, but the anyway, AFC, I just think he's 
The AFC quickly, right? You've got Allen, Lawrence, you've got Burrow, you've got Mahomes, you've got Rogers. The AFC's quarterback ranks, I mean, haven't even talked about Lamar Jackson. The AFC quarterback ranks are absolutely stacked, aren't they? Exciting season coming, my friend, and it opens the door for uh, the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. Anyway, well, let's, we'll move on. We'll, we'll, we'll cover that one. It's been another fantastic Love Sport podcast. I love, love chatting with you about sport, mate. We go in all places, mate. So um, good luck for the Matildas tomorrow night as well against Nigeria, carrying a few injuries. Um, hope to be there with my kids. Take care, mate. Love to you and your family, and uh, I'll see you soon. And your gorgeous family too, mate.